There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast with me, Alison Perry. Hello, how are you doing? It's December, we're still in a pandemic and Christmas is approaching. If you're anything like me, stress levels will be rising. I call it the festive frazzle, having even more things to juggle, just silly small things like remembering to buy stamps so you can post your Christmas cards or making sure that your kids have got Christmas jumpers that fit them ready for Christmas jumper day. On a normal year, it's enough to send me over the edge. But this year, in 2020, we have so much more stuff filling our heads, don't we? So I wanted to end this series with a guest who can talk to us about looking after our mental health at Christmas time. Anna Williamson is a TV presenter, podcaster and author. She's also a qualified life coach and she's done loads of work in talking about mental health. Her two books, Breaking Mad and Breaking Mum and Dad, delve into her own mental health journey and offer up coping methods and advice for anyone suffering with anxiety and depression. Anna talks to me today about the importance of putting boundaries in place, how Christmas nostalgia can be something that creates an environment of safety for us, and how going back to basics this Christmas could be what we all need. Thank you so much for listening this year. I'll be back in 2021 with more great guests. If you enjoyed listening, I would be so grateful if you'd rate and review on your podcast app. Consider it a Christmas bonus from you to me. But enough of that. Here's Anna Williamson in all her glorious wisdom. Anna, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you doing? What's your day been like so far? Oh, Alison, it's such a joy. Honestly, genuinely, a real a real privilege to be invited on uh, to your excellent pod. Yeah, I'm well, thanks, honey. I mean, I think, you know, we're in the throes of winter, aren't yes. we, and festivities and um, you know, we're all trying to keep warm, cosy and well. So I think uh, I think there's a big tick amongst that. And I think I can I can do no more. So I, I'm OK. It's it's about stripping back, I think, isn't it, at the moment and just been been grateful for for the small things. Oh, it really is. It really is. I think when you think too deeply about the bigger picture, it can just send you a little bit crazy, can't it? You just can't at the moment. And I think we've all well, I know we've all lived for, for far too long in this state of 
um, you know, semi to slash heightened anxiety and conflict and do we, don't we? And um, it's a really, it's, I think this year has been, been the most challenging year we've all ever experienced, you know, as a, as a combined society. Yeah. Um, and I think it's not burying your head in the sand, but as you know about me, Alison, you know, I'm a, I am very much a, let's, you know, we do have to be real about things. Obviously, there's no point being blasé and naive, but, but equally we are in control of how much information we let in. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of having a one big barrier um, in the way when we have to put up, when we need to just, um, you know, take, take a little bit of time out for ourselves. It's really important. You know, mental health has taken one hell of a walloping. Uh, and I speak from speak from a, a very personal perspective of someone that's suffered ill ill mental health uh, or Ill, Ill mental illness, shall I say, for for many years. It's it's been tough, hasn't it, for a lot of people? And I think you're yeah. right. I think that boundaries, you know, has been such a, such a key thing for us in the last uh, few months. Having those boundaries, whether it is deciding to just check into the news once a day or just once mm. every few days, or whether it's muting certain words on your social media feed or muting certain people, I think that we've all got to feel okay with having those boundaries, haven't we? Boundaries are everything. And with my life coach hat on, it is one of the, the biggest things that I, I, I preach, you know, and, and put into place with myself. And you're absolutely right. You, you know yourself what you can or can't cope with. And it's really important to never measure yourself against anyone else's boundaries. You know, some people can be, you know, super resilient um, and some people can't. And, and we ebb and flow along that spectrum, you know, depending on what's going on in, in life. And you made a great comment there about the news. Um, at the moment, I've been actively not engaging in the news in the morning. I love watching the news channels in the morning. It's it's in my blood. You know, I'm a I'm an ex um, entertainment journalist. It's it's what I it's what I do. It's what I live for. Um, a lot of the time. However, I find every single channel in the news, it's very, very stark. It can be really anxiety inducing and bloody depressing. Mm. And I make a point now of switching it up a little bit. And we, uh, you know, we watch the Grinch Christmas, which we watched the other, the other morning <laughs> I at love 6.30. That. Uh, yeah, we did a bit of, uh, you know, you just got to mix it up. And I say for anyone that hasn't got kids, um, just pretend you have. I think it's perfectly acceptable to watch Santa Claus the movie and the Goonies at 7am <laughs> on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, roll out the classics. It's the right roll time to do classics. it, isn't it? And that, actually, there's something to be said for that. Um we know that that music and and bands and the nostalgia that came through um in the in the in the lockdown that we had in in March April with all the uh, music artists bringing their classics from their home and yeah. we take great comfort in nostalgia and I think particularly this time of year with it being Christmas this is a time now obviously there's a lot of people that do find this time of year tough anyway Christmas is not always a joyous experience for a lot of people um but it is important to I think grab hold of anything nostalgic that makes you feel cozy comfortable safe and secure and for me actually the aforementioned I just said it for me Santa Claus the movie by the Christmas tree with a you know mince pie and a glass of mulled wine Mm. for me that is something that creates an environment of safety and because it's what it feels like and it has felt like over the years so I would always say to people Grab hold of anything, anything that makes you feel nostalgic and comfortable and homely at this time of year. Definitely. I'm so with you on that. Now, I want to chat to you a bit more about how we should look after our mental health at what is arguably the busiest time of the year. But before that, I want you to tell me about your relationship with your own mental health, because 
you know, you, you've written two books, Breaking Mad and Breaking Mom and Dad. Um, but what led you to, as you said, you, you know, you've been an entertainment journalist. That's quite, you know, quite far away from writing about mental health. <laughs> yeah. What, what What's your journey been like and your own relationship with your own mental health? Well, to be honest, in a way, this might sound like a really controversial thing. And I, I always sort of say this with a massive you know, caveats. I don't want to be disrespectful or, or feel like I am trivialising anyone with uh, mental ill health. But I say the, the best thing that ever happened to me was having a, a mental breakdown. Now, obviously, in the, now I have to massively explain that because obviously when I was in, in the midst of it. So if I can take everyone back to um, uh, I was in my mid 20s, so it was uh, 2006. God, I'm getting old, Alison. Um, <laughs> Aren't we honestly. all? <laughs> oh, God, big four O coming up next year, I'm telling you. Um, but I was in my mid-20s. I, I was uh, presenting the job of my dreams, the job of many people's dreams. I was a kids' TV presenter on the biggest network, ITV, on Saturday morning kids' telly. In that genre and in that job of dreams, that doesn't get any better. Um, and I loved my job, but I was placing so much pressure on myself um, around this this role that I had got. You know, I think I loved it so much that I really worried about it going wrong and about cocking it up. So I put so much pressure on myself to be not only good, but perfect. And and that's the first mistake I made because there's no such thing as a perfect person, a perfect mom, a perfect colleague, a perfect employee. You just have to be good enough. You have to be doing your best. And the thing is, I was doing my best and my best was absolutely good enough. We were number one in the ratings consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was placing more and more pressure on myself to... I don't, I don't even know really the time. And then you factor into the mix there as well. And I was, uh, as you say, working in entertainment. Um, I'd never even really heard of mental health. I mean, who had in early 2000? No. I mean, it, it just wasn't talked about as much as it, it is today. Oh, well, I mean, when I say it wasn't talked about, it was very much a taboo. And I, I, I hope a lot of the work I've done in campaigning against it since it has, has massively starting to work, you know, the big, the big drive. And it was mocked. I mean, if, if you remember when oh. Britney Spears had her big breakdown, you know... The, the, Everyone the press, took the mick. The press yeah. took the mickey out of her. And I, when I think back to that, I'm, I'm totally horrified. Can, that's a great um, comparison, actually, because, as you say, in that short amount of time, yeah, if we take ourselves back to that now, at the time, let's be honest, we were all a bit like, oh, gosh, that's a bit awkward. Oh, yeah. whoops. Oh, dear. Poor her. Oh, dear. You know, a bit kind of, not sniggery, because I don't think we'd ever snigger at someone, but we were all a bit like, she's gone a bit loopy-loo, you know. Yeah. Um, and and now you think back, God, how awful for people to judge that poor girl yeah. so harshly on something so publicly that was that was going wrong for her. And and any and that came. I, I'm very much that happened to me. I was I was um, presenting this show to Natic GMTV. I was you know part of part of part of the team there, which was amazing. Um, and I had, was in a terrible relationship at the time as well, which I didn't quite realise how bad it was, but I was in a, a very controlling and um, uh, emotionally abusive relationship, as it turned out. But it's uh, it's tricky when you're in one. You don't quite recognise you're in it until you've come way out of it and look back and go, Christ, that was bad. Um, but my confidence had been knocked, and uh, I was in this, this tricky relationship. And, um, and I started having panic attacks, and... It was one of those experiences, my analogy is, you know, I had all these tennis balls I was trying to juggle in the air 
and there came a point where I was just running out of steam. I couldn't keep juggling in the air anymore. The smile on my face started to be plastered on my face with a, oh my gosh, I'm just about coping, but I'm not really. Um, and I ended up having a spectacular emotional breakdown, uh, is what the label was. And it happened when I went into, I'd been coping, I say coping in inverted commas, for, for many months. I'd started to feel that the wheels were coming off. Um, I was be- behaving in strange ways. And this is what I say with people with, with mental health. It's uh, it's when your behaviour starts to, and notice in other people's, when your behaviour starts to change in a way that is noticeably not good or it's different from your usual and your normal. And the definition of the word normal is your functioning level. So for me at that time, you know, I was starting to obsess over sleep. I was starting to obsess over my script. I was starting to obsess over time um, as in I, if I didn't get a, a script by 6pm then my next day was going to be doomed I was obsessing over using a yellow highlighter pen to, and if I didn't have a yellow highlighter pen on, on the certain colour paper then it was going to go wrong Was that a so, control thing do you think? Yeah it, well it's very much a form of obsessive compulsive disorder and that is very linked to anxiety it's very linked to stress and all of this comes under stress really and, and that's what was going on for me and what happened I had all this uh, stress um, going on in at home, which I hadn't told anyone about. And that's the key. I wasn't telling anyone actually how pretty rubbish things were with my relationship at the time. Um, I was putting the stress on myself to then overperform at work, to not drop the ball at work. You know, working in telly is very pressured, particularly in a live environment. Um, and something's got to give, you know, we're only human, you know, our brains are pretty complex things. And, uh, and if our brain is, is not being served properly, or our emotions, uh, we start to frazzle. And, and to, to use another analogy that I often trot out, it was like, I was a at the beginning of it all, I was a fairly well stocked up with petrol car. And then as I started to frazzle and not listen to the signs and the triggers and the warnings and help asking people for help and trying to take a pause on what was going on that that petrol tank started to run to run emptier and emptier and emptier and then just before meltdown day as I call it that empty had been had been flagging and beeping away with ferocity saying please stop please stop Anna you need to stop before you before you break down um I didn't listen to it and uh, and I broke down and I went into work at uh, ITV Towers on the South Bank where it was then and uh, you know, no one likes to cry at work, do they? And I, I, I turned up at work. I hadn't slept for for a couple of days. Insomnia was a huge part because panic attacks and the anxiety was so so uh, high. And um, one of my colleagues, who ironically had been recently off for depression, and again, very much that you know, oh gosh, what's wrong with her? Don't ask. Bit awkward. Um, and she noticed something in me and just asked how I was and, and really listened to that answer of and I that it was the right person, right time, right place that I. I said, I'm not well, help me, burst into tears. And, and the rest is kind of history. And um, I, I was, <laughs> I remember at the time thinking, why on he- earth did I not say this sooner? Because everyone was so nice. Everyone was so supportive. And I went home and I saw a doctor. I mean, I'm fast forwarding through all of this. It's all in, in my book, Breaking Mad, um, which is why I wrote it. And then as a result of talking therapies and short-term medication to make me well again, um, I realised just how important our mental health is and how much everybody at that point was totally neglecting it and shrouding it in this Britney Spears-esque, as we will now, as we will now name it, Alison, this mm-hmm. sort of, you know, jokey, finger-pointy, oops, that's a bit awkward and embarrassing, when actually it's 
perfectly normal. I was and am a perfectly normal human being. I have had a very perfectly vanilla, fairly decent life and upbringing. I have nothing to pinpoint any trauma on. Um, and it was from that point that I became fascinated with learning about self-help and therapy. And that was two th- so from, from 2008, I started as my own little thing outside of telly, my own little personal sort of hobby, which then turned into another career. I started in uh, in talking therapies and, and gone on subsequently to, to train and qualify in a, in a whole host of disciplines uh, around therapy, which um, which I love. So it's now kind of my joint job. Which is so incredible. I, I love it when I chat to people who have taken a really difficult experience and turned it into a way of them helping others through that Mm. same experience to me it just feels like such a brilliant way of taking something negative and turning it into a positive so Mm. I'm super impressed that you've done that well that's kind but I think a lot of that's very sweet of you to say I mean I I, I, I'm pretty humble about it but I think um a lot of the best counsellors and therapists come from personal experience because there is that empathy there um, and you will never know exactly how someone else feels, but you can understand how someone can get to certain points of of those debilitating feelings of not coping. Yeah. And um, and I'd say my private client base, um, I'd say 95% of my private client base likes the fact and has commented that they like the fact um, that I've I've been to sort of rock bottom and, and back again. And and I find that really empowering, actually, and, and very humbling. And having been through that experience, when you were pregnant with your son, were you aware of, you know, uh, pre and postnatal mental health issues? And was it something that you were concerned about? Um it was, but I didn't really know anything about it. And and this is a someone, so I, I had, I, I recovered, I, I, well, managed, actually, I don't believe in, in, in you recovering from, from mental illness, I believe in it being managed, because I think the minute you stick cure into the, curing something into the, into the mix, there's that pressure to not have a relapse. And, and that's just not realistic. You know, life happens, you know, we're in a yeah. pandemic right now. And anyone that's been struggling with mental health has, has, you know, noticed that a relapse is a very possible thing. Mm. Um, but then when I got pregnant with Enzo, uh, who's now he just turned four recently um so my very much wanted baby you know I'd wanted wanted a baby since I was 15 years old how um, did you oh, yeah wow. I'd al- always wanted to be a mum and uh we just got married and we started trying straight away and we were very lucky we we fell pretty pretty damn quick a bit a bit too quick actually but um <laughs> but we were but we were obviously delighted nonetheless um but I was I was concerned because I was on a very low dosage of escitalopram, which is an SSRI, an anti-anxiety and depression uh, medication, which works very successfully for me uh, when I need it. And uh, and just on that, there is there's an awful lot of stigma and people that constantly message me about medication. Yeah. And, and I think we need to really, really take away this this sort of shameful feeling about medication. It's there for a reason. And like I say to anyone, if you are diabetic or I mean, I'm asthmatic, I take asthma medication. Well, there's no shame around that. Yeah, no one's so, saying to you, oh, right. Emma, maybe you could manage without it. Right. It's like, but I always say, no, there's a fine line between coming dependent on medication. And that's a whole new ball game. And I would always caveat this heavily with please speak to a health professional but on the on the flip side medication is is there for a reason it's there to help and my god if you are feeling suicidal and there's a medication out there that can potentially help you then my goodness please don't feel that you know you have to keep battling on with this waving a flag of i'm medication free if you need something to help you um and it had got that bad for me i mean it really had 
Um, so when I got pregnant with Enzo, I, I went to the GP and I said, look, I'm on this low, I was on 10 milligrams, which is, is about the lowest, it's almost placebo effect, actually. And I'd said, I'm on this medication. Um, I, you know, you keep hearing all these horror stories of you're not allowed to be on medication, this particular, you know, antidepressant or an anxiety drug when, when you're pregnant. So my GP um, uh, sort of picked up this British medical journal and flicked through and I thought, well, this is not a good sign. You're clearly not that up on on SSRIs on mental health in pregnancy. Um, and this is another important thing I say to people as well, is that if you are pregnant, speak to your GP surgery and ask specifically for a GP that is trained in mental health because until only recently, it was an optional part of of medical training. Now, it, I believe it's become compulsory, but obviously we have, you know, that's only the newest wave now of GPs that will be compulsory, you know, mandatory trained in that. So it is hit and miss. Um, and, and the GP I saw wasn't particularly uh, up on, on mental health and said, yes, it says here in my manual, you need to come off your medication. Um, so I did. And I, I weaned off it very quickly because I was terrified, like every new mother would is, of damaging your baby and your fetus. Um, so I went, you know, two weeks, I came off this medication and 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 there started my issues really because I was I was I was free falling big time, and I had no uh, no medication I had no psychological support as in talking therapy crutch, um so I was free falling with a with a general generalized anxiety disorder is is what I have um unmanaged unwatched. And I didn't know the difference between a relapse and hormones, because I think we put an awful lot down to hormones in pregnancy and post. I'd never heard of perinatal anxiety um, or uh, prenatal anxiety. Uh, I'd heard of postnatal depression, which is, is pretty inaccurate, actually, because postnatal depression uh, serves, seems to serve as this catch all for for postnatal mental uh, illness but actually that's just one small part you know there's postnatal um sorry postnatal anxiety there's PTSD birth trauma uh you know all of that can all kick in as well um and so when i was pregnant with enzo i i did start to unravel and i which is why breaking mum and dad my second book came out um, after that because I didn't enjoy that pregnancy, my much wanted baby. I didn't tell anybody that I was struggling in the pregnancy. I didn't speak out up and openly about I was terrified of giving birth. I was also terrified. I think my biggest fear, which was the kind of the ruminating thoughts, also my, I, my, my anger and, and crying fits were out of control. Again, we put them down to, to hormones. Um, but I mean, all the warning signs were there, but just weren't picked up on. And um and when I got to got to the, the birth, <laughs> um, I was was terribly, terribly anxious about about giving birth. And uh, I had a very long labor, um, 40 hour labor. And um, wow. and I started to and this is the other thing. I know when it told me about uh, I've done my NCT classes and, and stuff. And I was I was sort of expecting these frontal per period pains. I don't know if you had them with, with when you were giving birth, but um I had uh, I was expecting the frontal period pain like contractions yeah and, and I never got them because I had I had a back-to-back -back labor so for anyone that hasn't had that that is where the pain is concentrated in in your back oh, your lower back I've heard that really really hurts <sighs> bugger me matey I tell you it's an absolute walloper you know and um and I and I didn't know anything about it so it scared the absolute crap out of me um 
And I started to have panic attacks during labor because I wasn't coping with the pain. So anyway, I had the baby, uh, I had him. It was a very uh, traumatic birth experience. Unfortunately, I, I, I had birth complications. He'd had complications. So um, he, was, he, was, <laughs> he was sort of dragged out and so was I really. Um, and, and, there, and there sort of started my postnatal um, mental uh, experience, which, which unfortunately went from, from bad to worse. And I experienced in the first few months uh, crippling postnatal anxiety and, and trauma. Um, but fortunately, I recognised the signs very quickly that things were not right. And, uh, and, I, and I'm fortunate to be in that position amongst peers. I work in mental health. I called up my uh, my trusted doctor, my my trusted consultant psychiatrist friend, and I just went help. And uh, straight away we were like, right, we need to make some choices here. Um, and I was I went back onto medication, um, and I made some choices about stopping breastfeeding because I was finding breastfeeding was creating my anxiety even more because I felt this overwhelming. Uh, pressure of nobody else can feed my baby therefore he will die and it was exacerbating my anxiety so kind of contrary to uh, by the way I'm pro breast and bottle I breastfed my my second um me too I'm 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 pro breast pro bottle pro yeah. whatever you need to do to it's get just, through those first few months 100% and I and I really do I know it's such a trotted out cliche but happy mum happy baby mm. and but but seriously you know and the minute I could give my baby to my husband or my mum to do a bottle feed which meant I could sleep and felt like my baby wasn't going to die my god like half the anxiety disappeared and and I actually say for me bottle feeding increased my bond with my son because it meant I wasn't sort of resenting him or being terrified of him because I had to feed him I could actually enjoy the bottle feeding seeing him guzzling the milk and being happy and chubby as a result of it so um so yeah it was a pretty pretty shite experience I'm not gonna lie Ali yeah, but um it sounds, it sounds shite yeah. <laughs> I have to say though I think it's so good that you were able to recognize that you needed help because I think that a lot of new mums because you know you're you're battling with sleep deprivation, you're battling with hormones, you're battling with learning, especially with first babies. You don't know mm. what you're doing, and yes, you might have done an NCT class or an antenatal class, but that's not that's not telling you everything you need to know to be, about. Let's be honest. Look, let's be honest. I'm not bagging it at all because I've got some of the best best baby friends, mum friends ever, but. NCT classes don't even touch the surface. I <laughs> they mean, really you, don't. Rock, you rock up for a cup of tea and a biscuit, and to meet someone that's going to have a kid around the same time as you are. You're so there perm- for the friends, you, yes, aren't you? Perm- yes, you've permanently got a playmate, you know. And I'm delighted to say, four years in, my I didn't bother with the second. No one bothers with the second one, do they? No. Um, I've got no one does. Um, but uh, my, I'm still absolutely terrific, mate. Speak every day on WhatsApp to my to my NCT mums, who are absolute godsend. But as, with regards to learning about being a mother, I don't remember any of it. Mm, yeah so I think the fact that you were able to recognize that in yourself and seek help is so Mm. so good and I think that I think there's so much work to be done to help new mums recognize what is normal and what isn't and Mm. where to go for help when they, they they feel that they need it and also when they do go to the health visitor or the GP and say I'm not coping to not be fobbed off I've heard so many stories from mums who say they went to the health visitor and they said 
you know, I'm really struggling. And they were kind of like patted on the back. Oh, well, dear, that's normal. It's the baby blues. Off you Do go. Do you know how much that... Um, can, I, can I swear on your podcast, You can Ali? swear. I'm, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not normally a swearer, but I'm going to say nothing pisses me off more than that attitude because that one one sentence to a, to a, a, a nervous, struggling, knackered mother and father um, from someone in, that, in, in a profession or anybody that just sort of you know, as you say, poo-poos what they might be feeling can be so damaging. The biggest cause of suicide, sorry, biggest cause of death in new mothers is suicide. Mm. You know, that is a fact. And it's so goddamn important that um, that mums, dads, my husband, he, he definitely has, you know, experienced his own mental health um, challenges around both of my children. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a shock for everybody. And I think for anyone and, and you made a great comment there about recognizing when you do need to speak up and ask for help and what is your normal and and i would say to anyone if you're just seriously seriously not enjoying it you know and it and we all have days don't we of course we all have our crap days and i think we need to be careful that we don't all turn into a bunch of snowflakes and start you know diagnosing ourselves with a <laughs> full-blown mental health disorder after one day of of, of crapsville but but it also um but also it's to be really um honest with yourself and if you have funny you know horrible thoughts or you feel like you're not coping or you're just not enjoying anything about life uh, or having struggles going out because I that was one huge part of my anxiety disorder I couldn't even go down the, the road you know here's I'm a girl that travels around the world for work and I'm a seasoned traveler and I adore traveling and yet I couldn't even go to my local Sainsbury's without having a massive panic attack with the new baby so you know that that wasn't normal and um it's when it prolongs. It's when it's. It's when it doesn't let up. So I would say, if someone is feeling uh, these sort of negative pull down feelings, and it's the key is life limiting. Is this limiting your life as you knew it before and as you know it now? And if that is, then reach out for help. And and exactly like you said, Alison, if if a health professional or someone doesn't give you the answer you need please don't retreat back into your into your into your hovel into your prison it takes absolute balls to reach back out and ask for help but you know reach out to someone like pandas foundation or or mind charity or birth trauma association or whoever it may be because somebody will pick up the phone and listen to you yeah ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we go back to my chat with the lovely Anna, I want to talk to you about Wonderbly, who create the most fantastic personalised children's storybooks. 
We first discovered Wonderbly when my eldest was little and we got her the little girl who lost her name. We were able to personalise the book so that the main character looked like her and the whole story revolved around the letters of her name. She loved it. We bought the same book again twice over for my twin toddlers and it'll be so lovely to see them compare how different their stories are as they get older. It's not just a nice twist on regular books though. Studies show that when children see themselves in a story, it has a profound effect on their literacy and language development. This helps create confident, enthusiastic readers for life. Personalisation also helps children relate to the storylines. It's really them in the story. This makes them far more receptive to the key messages and learnings of each tale, from courage to friendship to curiosity and kindness. I heartily recommend Wonderbly Books. It is so incredible to see the look of wonder on your child's face when they realise that they are the star of the story. I think the next on my shopping list will be a Christmas book like The Elf Who Saved Christmas. But there are 32 titles to choose from, all combining magical storytelling with beautiful illustration and intricate personalisation. All personalised Wonderbly books are priced from $21.99 plus shipping and you can add a dedication for free. They're shipped worldwide within 48 hours and each book is printed on thick, sumptuous paper that's FSC certified. A Wonderbly moment brings magic to the everyday and makes Christmas more magical for every child. So check out wonderbly.co.uk today. Um, and when you had your second baby, she's um, it, it was last December, it was a year ago, wasn't it, that you had yeah, had your daughter? She, she's turning one in a few days, Alison. Oh, it's so exciting. <laughs> um, you, um, you must have obviously been wary and a bit concerned about that birth, but you, you kind of took control of the situation, didn't you? And mm. you arranged to have an elective cesarean. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I changed things up. What I one eighted on on my second birth, it took me uh to my husband and I a good couple of years to even think about having a second because the first experience for me physically and emotionally and mentally was so awful uh, and for him too you know he had like delayed postnatal depression you know dealing with me you know there was a moment he genuinely thought his his wife and son was going to snuff it you know and and that ain't that ain't, that ain't going to go away over a glass of fizz and congratulations on becoming a parent you know. That can be really long lasting, but um, it was actually the love that that I have uh, had and have for my son, actually for Enzo, uh, who was asking for a sibling, and we were like, "Do you think we could do this again?" And I I started to sort of feel that yearn, so I was like, "Well, this is good," but I'm bloody terrified of it going tits up again, you know. And then there was that extra pressure of, and I'm now already a mum. I can't fail him. I don't want to fail him. He can't have a mum that's you know gonna gonna lose it. So I went through a series of um decisions and choices and this is why I really try and empower mums to be um you know it, it it really does come down to the fundamental fact that your choice is the best choice and your choice matters over anything else um I will caveat that with obviously health complications you do obviously have to listen to advice that's given to you but I wanted straight away I knew I did not want to go through a, a labor again I was so scared of the pain I was so scared of, of the hemorrhage that I'd suffered from a vaginal birth and the uh, the wear and tear that I'd sustained um, so I straight away uh, well first of all I went and I had a preconception appointment with um, my local um, perinatal mental health team which every borough in the UK has you can access that you can self-refer um, or you can refer through a GP 
and my amazing and I know her actually she's actually a peer and I said I want to get pregnant again but I'm bloody terrified of it going wrong uh, and my mental health suffering again so we had a little plan of action you know a little plan of action that the medication that I, 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 I took before and was on was perfectly okay when you weigh up all of the pros and the cons um, to take during pregnancy it was also okay to take when I would, if I wanted to breastfeed. So straight away, I was like, okay, well, that sounds a lot better. Good. Keep, and she said, we'll keep you stable. We need to keep you stable all the way through. Um, and then I made a decision. I said, I, I'm, I, I want a cesarean. I, I'm not, I am not, um, I'm not saying it's an easy option. I know the risks. I know that it's a longer, um, recovery process, but I don't, I need to change the whole experience because I'm going, I need to be in control of this experience because I'm going to spend nine months stressing about the birth otherwise. So I made the decision to have an elective C-section, um, which and I went in all armed with because we know that uh, that that often we get talked out of it, yeah. um, and that's fun. That's fair enough that we should weigh up all the options. I totally get that. But I went into my midwife appointment um, and with the consultants as well, and I was all kind of bristling with this alpha alpha mother, you know, and I ready was, to take on the fight. Oh my god, Ali! I was <laughs> I was almost like anyone dare talk me out of this this is my vagina um and I and I went into it and uh so I went in really bolshy so I on, on reflection I was a bit embarrassed actually because they were like right let's talk about your birth options and I was like right I'm telling you all now I'm having a cesarean and none of you are going to talk me out of it it's my body my vagina and they were like we completely agree we were going to suggest the same thing and I was like oh well, I wasn't expecting that. And they said, weighing up everything you've been through before, the risks and the complications physically and mentally, we absolutely agree that an elective cesarean will be the best option for you. And I went, oh, okay, great. That's so um, good. Yeah, so which was great. So um, so that was it, jo- you know, job done. Um, but then there was, a, as my, as my um, midwife said to me, she went, you never do things easy, Anna, for us, do you? Because um, Eleonora uh, was due on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> was well she was actually due on uh on uh, new year's eve was her actual due date um now obviously with an elective cesarean on the nhs uh, you tend to be induced at 39 weeks if it's a single baby you had obviously two so i'm sure you were you were earlier yes 36 um, weeks for me yeah. 30, 36 weren't you yeah so 39 weeks is when they like to induce you well guess when 39 weeks hit bang on christmas day oh. guess what are the days that they don't have an elective cesarean list oh, surgery no. list it's bo- uh, it's uh, uh, christmas day and boxing day they don't have lists on those days emergencies obviously it's fair enough but, though like you know they do need course, a day off of course exactly <laughs> so so but then there was a real conundrum because i was thinking well suddenly it was then spiking my anxiety again because mm. then they were like well you're gonna have to sort of choose um and then I said no but then there's the uncertainty because then what and then I could feel the anxiety rising because I said but I don't feel in control of this because if it's before or it's after it's going to be busier because the lists will be busier because you're having to push um push electives either side of it and and I know an emergency quite rightly takes precedent and and comes in front of a planned um but then that means what if so anyway all this what if started going around and the NHS were fantastic and they said, we will try as much as we can to guarantee that you will have your baby on the day and, and, and the slot that, that we can allocate for you. But obviously we can never guarantee it because we never know what's going to happen. With And I said, and, and of course that's fair enough. You'd never want to ever take precedent over a, a, an emergency. Yeah. But it was not doing my anxiety any good. So then, Alison, we came up with the very bold and... Um, uh, costly decision of going privately um, and I'd had friends that had gone privately before um, and I knew it was expensive um, but I also knew it carried um, a significantly bigger chance of control 
So we weighed up the pennies. We went without a few holidays and a new car. Um, we had a few pennies that were that were given to us by my um by my my lovely grandmother who had who had sadly passed away but left a little bit of money. And we, I mean, I'll be completely honest. We went to the. This is, I know I'm caveating it, and there shouldn't I shouldn't need to caveat it because everyone has a choice. But basically, I thought I'm going to free up my NHS space. And I am going to pay, and it cost us 15 grand in total, which is a lot of money. Uh, but we went to the world-famous Portland in London, Portland Hospital. Um, and um, I had what can only be described as the perfect birth ever. Because I booked him with my consultant, and I said, he knew all the reasons. And I said, but you have to guarantee, I'm only going to go this route if you guarantee me. And he said... Okay, well, I can guarantee you that. So we'd booked in and he said, well, we can go, we'll go before Christmas. I went, yes, please. Um, so the, the slot that I was offered was the 21st of December at 9.30 a.m. Um, and so from that day onwards, from, and I booked that in when I was three and a half, four months pregnant. And I was, so for me, it reduced all my anxiety throughout my pregnancy because I knew um, that pretty much come hella high water, that that's when I was going to have my baby. And, uh, and then I kept saying to him, I was like, but what if you get an emergency? What if emergencies come in? And he said, but that's what we have. We have a, 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 an overspill theatre for emergencies. So I was like, I guess that's what you're paying for, isn't it? You're paying for the fact that they have, they have the capacity. That, yes. That's what you're paying for. They have the capacity. They have the means to do it. And, and so what happened on the day at 6.30 a.m., I rocked up to the Portland Hospital with my husband at uh, 9.30, well, actually 9.45, because my anaesthetist was got stuck in traffic. But did you complain? I really hope you got a complaint in. 15 minutes late. <laughs> I did, actually. I wound him right up. I was like, <laughs> right, you're getting docked in your bloody feet. I said to him, don't you be thinking I'm one of these posh poncy lot. No offence, posh poncy lot. But these posh poncy lot that have got <laughs> they don't bags listen. of money. They don't listen to this podcast. They don't, no, they don't listen. Exactly. I said, don't you be thinking I've got bag loads of cash here. Thank you very much. We have scrimped, saved and begged and borrowed and stealed. Thank you very much. Um, I said to come in here. So I want my goddamn experience. Um, no, he was very sweet. But um, yeah, at, um, at 10, at 10.45, um, my daughter was born. Wow. Um, by the time I'd been wheeled down and, and had her. And uh, it was a it was a lovely experience. It was very calm. It was very controlled. It was, and I mean this in every sense of the good, good way of saying this, it was brilliantly underwhelming. Yeah. And that's how I wanted it. Yeah. I was, I went in, they were like, do you want your playlist on? Do you want this? And I went... Not really. I said, I don't want any of the faff. I don't, for me, I just didn't want it bigged up because I was so scared of it going tits up again. And, um, and as I got wheeled into theatre, they were listening, it was a Saturday morning, uh, just before Christmas, and they were listening to Absolute Radio. And they said, do you want to put on your Christmas list? And, I, and I'd spent, you know, these, you know, the week before, I'd put together this beautiful Christmas carol, Christmas song playlist, oh, you know. And then, but in that moment, I was like, no, it feels too much. It feels too much. It feels too embarrassing, actually. Um, so I just went, if you're happy, I just want you to crack on. And they were like, we'll crack on. So she was actually born to uh, to, uh, to Meatloaf, Dead Ringer for Love. <laughs> love it. <laughs> that's so good. That's definitely going to be played on her 21st birthday, yes, isn't it? it will be, yeah. That's so, so good. I'm so <laughs> pleased that you had, um, you know, what must have been a healing birth experience, mentally mm. healing. And so great that you were in a position financially that you could scrimp and save and pull the money together to make that happen because obviously yeah. a lot of people listening wouldn't wouldn't even have that as an option Alison it's a hell of a lot of money that's some that's someone's annual salary you know this this was not a decision we took lightly and I and I and I'm 
Uh, you know, I'm being completely honest about this. You know, yeah, I work on the telly. You know, people seem to think if you're on the telly, uh, you, you have multi-millionaire contracts. Believe me, I don't. I am fine, but I own what I'd call a fairly average, just, you know, fairly above average wage. Certainly don't have have, have uh, 15 grand wafting about to willy-nilly chuck into a, you know, a three-day birth experience. Um, but for us, it was really about weighing up our, our priorities. And, and, we, and we thought about it and we thought, well, you know, no one scoffs or thinks twice about, you know, booking your, your annual, you know, several thousand pound holiday, you know, or chopping in your car and getting yourself a, you know, a snazzy new 10 grand car or something. And, and I just thought, well, for me, there is no more important thing. This is actual life and death. Yeah. And for me, it was I couldn't think of anything more appropriate to spend 15 grand on even if that means we have to go without a few other bits and bobs you know over the next year or two um for me this is the most important thing and yes it's three days yes you your eyes water when you pay that bill but actually the payoff for me has been a really enjoyable birth the most wonderful postnatal experience I had. I mean, you're almost batting off the midwives because you get so many. <laughs> Honestly, it's like Piccadilly bloody circus. Someone's helping you latch on. Someone's doing your physio. So you know, it, I mean, you pay for what you get, Alison. I'm telling you. Um, and and actually and actually, yeah, it was. If I if I if I got pregnant again, it, it would be a no brainer for me. It really wouldn't be because because and I've been keeping an eye out. Here we are now at my year milestone of of having Eleonora, yeah. and um and that's you know where we really keep an eye out for postnatal depression. You know up to that year, um and um you know other than a few natural blips, you know lockdown, you know certainly made me feel a bit anxious, but you know not in a not in a bad way, not in a you know worrying way. But other than that, I've had a I've 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 not had a mental relapse, and I genuinely really um, attribute that to making bold decisions around my pregnancy and my birth the second time. Um, so you've got a birthday to organise as well as Christmas. Do you yeah, feel no. organised or are you getting a little bit anxious about it all? Well, I've just come straight off the back of, um, of, a, of a very heavy filming period um, for, uh, for Celebs Go Dating. So I've, um, I've kind of been passing ships in the night. So Mama's got to make up. Uh, Mama's got to make up now for a few weeks of being working Mama. So I have, yeah, I've got Eleonora's birthday, first birthday to plan for. Um, I've got Christmas obviously to plan for, which is going to going to obviously be a lot smaller this year, just us. Um, but I, you know what, I'm I'm kind of embracing keeping it small and simple. And I know this sounds really sounds really naughty, and I don't know about you. And please be honest, right? When we had Enzo. We basically didn't bother buying him a first birthday present. Oh yeah, no, totally. I think it's we just no point. I think we there? bought like um like some like wood nice wooden rattles or something. It nice. really yeah, it's not. I got him a book. We got him a book like a, a sort of one of those keepsake books where we wrote in it, you know, you know nice. to our darling son, blah blah blah. But other than that, we were like, let's just wait for the tip from the rallies to turn up. Yeah, which turned up. Um, and, uh, so we've left it at that. So I think for, for, for Eleonora, I think we're going to, I think as long as you can get away with it, you know, you can get away with it for a good few years, can't you? Can, you? I think, you can. I think till they kick, get three and start to notice, you can sort of get away with being a bit crap and not buying them anything. And also you can recycle presents. So we, it was my twins, um, second birthday in October and we gave them the Ikea kitchen that we had given my eldest on her second birthday. And awesome. it's been squirreled away out of sight all of this time. So we just kind of got it out, cleaned it up. And we were like, ta-da, here's a kitchen awesome. for you girls. 
you see it's perfect and I think we all need to be doing this a lot more mm. because kids don't know any different and it's like with the baby now she she's you know gets I'm probably like you Ali you know I'm, I'm very I'm very fortunate in that we do get some nice little things sort of sent through to us from from lovely companies um she plays with it for five minutes and then she just wants to play with um the fire poker yeah um and scrape around in the ash pile and uh, and then play with her brother's super things that's all she wants yeah, she doesn't spoons. want any of the actual toys spoons, spoons. are a big thing in this house um, at the moment yeah foil rubbish the recycling bin (laughs) (laughs) so christmas how do we make it as stress-free as we possibly can is it about taking it back to basics totally just take it back to basics folks seriously just because you haven't got the right brandy butter from what just no one cares seriously just take it back to to the to the simple watch a movie drink some drinks eat some food and just don't worry about anything else i think and i think this year it's the um probably the year to really think about the the true meaning of christmas totally. isn't it 100% Do you know i actually sorry i'm digressing i actually said this to my mum the other day my mum's very very religious and she really holds up her christian faith and she for years she gets really fed up about christmas in, to quote her being very vulgar and people not having the right um attitude towards towards it that's her feelings of it um and she enjoys the religious element of christmas and actually i said to her the other day i said you know what mum maybe you'll kind of get your wish in a really weird way i mean it's taken a pandemic maybe for it to happen but i said maybe this year will be the year that you know people do just think about what really matters and that's keeping safe enjoying your family communicating with your family and connecting with them even if you can't see them on the day um Mm. eating food giving to others you know lots of people are really in need at the moment and maybe the true spirit of christmas as you say will really come through as a you know as we started the podcast with the turning the negative into a positive perhaps perhaps this is the positive so i think so i think you're right yeah have it have just have a nice christmas and embrace the people that really matter and the people that need you anna listen it has been so great to talk to you i feel like um it has just been so useful so many tips so much great advice oh you're Um, so welcome and at a time when we're all kind of like running around a bit like headless chickens trying to organize christmas and you know make do at a time when you know things are already quite tricky i think that this this will have helped people but um just before you go where can we find you online so my instagram is at anna williamson official um and i uh if you go on there basically you'll find out everything and I have um if you're interested in any of my books Breaking Mad The Insider's Guide to Conquering Anxiety and Breaking Mum and Dad The Insider's Guide to Parenting Anxiety they are available via Bloomsby in any good bookshop excellent and I thank you so much and have an amazing Christmas and I really hope that uh, birthday plans all go swimmingly Thank you, my love. Yeah, I, know. I had to go and have a Christmas baby, didn't I? If it wasn't, if it wasn't even more complicated, I know. But yeah, thank you, and you, Alison. Have a lovely, lovely Christmas with your beautiful family, and to everyone listening as well. Wishing you all a very happy Christmas and New Year. And here's to 2021, when hopefully we will find our way out of this mess. It's got to get better, right? It's got to. It's got to. We can't be in this forever. No. Thank you, Anna. Bye, doll. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.